your Locked on the New York Rangers, your daily podcast on the New York Rangers. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 721 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. Just want to thank you guys, as always, for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms, and today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by Bet Bet BetOnline has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. And the Rangers coming off of a much-needed 3-1 victory in Ottawa against the Senators last night, Wednesday night, and a game where I don't think the Rangers were at their absolute best. If I was going to put a letter grade on it, I'd probably give them somewhere around like a B plus. I mean, they needed a win anyway they could get it. So at this point, I think as Ranger fans, you know, beggars can't be choosers. They needed to end this losing streak, find a way to get two points, and find a way to, you know, get back on track and hopefully as far as the players are concerned, start feeling good about themselves again. Uh, but the thing that I like most about this game is the Rangers went to work. Like I said, it was not perfect. couple too many turnovers, I would say. You know, it, not out of control like some other games, but something that I, I think they still can do better with. And I don't know that they ever really hit, you know, fifth gear in this game, but for the most part, I thought they were close to that. Uh, played pretty well overall and found a way to get the win. Some good passing, uh, some good decision-making with guys who had the puck in different situations, uh, some really long possessions in the attacking zone, which I like that. You know, not all of them led to uh, goals or even high-quality scoring opportunities, but the Rangers got in, in there on the forecheck and did what they had to do. Uh, like I said, the Rangers went to work in this game. That, to me, is kind of the theme of this 3-1 to victory here. Uh, so, got a lot to talk about today as far as the win is concerned. Going to talk about uh, the pregame defenseman shakeup. The Rangers uh, finally shuffling the deck a little bit as far as the blue line goes. Uh, most notably Jacob Truba, depending on how you look at it, moving to the third pairing or Ke'Andre Miller moved to the third pairing. It was one or the other. Uh, you know, there were a couple conflicting tweets as far as which was the true second pairing and which was the true third pairing, but we'll get into all that in due time here. Also got to take a talk about, excuse me, uh, Vitaly Krasov making his much anticipated return to the Ranger lineup. Uh, Ryan Lindgren just continues to establish himself as the heart and soul of this New York Ranger team. He had a big night for the Rangers, uh, three assists, and just his typical brand of blue-collar, hard-nosed hockey. So we're going to talk about him, and we're also going to give some props to Yaroslav Halak, who's really been up against it to start the season here. He's been a hard-luck loser in some games, has just been flat-out bad in a couple other games, uh, but he finally you know, comes through with a victory for the Rangers. Everything kind of clicked for him in this game. And we're also going to break down all three Ranger goals and probably get to a couple of other things as well. But like I said, you know, obviously a lot to do here, and the first thing I want to talk about is the demotion of Jacob Truba or Keandre Miller. One of them went down to the third pairing. It just kind of depends on which pairing you consider to be the third pairing. You know, there were kind of conflicting tweets and conflicted graphics on uh, the MSG broadcast. But bottom line, the Rangers shook up the blue line a little bit. You have Truba, uh, which I believe was technically the third pairing. He slides down uh, to pair with Zach Jones, and Braden Schneider moves up to the second pairing to play with Keandre Miller. And it's the right call. You know, I've kind of been clamoring for some time now for Jacob Truba and Keandre Miller 
to potentially be split up for a little while. Both players have not gotten off to ideal starts this season. And at a certain point, I think you kind of just uh, shrug your shoulders and hey, say, hey, you know, it's, it's time to try something else. This just isn't clicking right now. You can always go back to Truba and Miller in due time, and I think the Rangers eventually will. But for the time being, I think it makes sense to split them up a little bit and uh, see if you can't get, you know, one or hopefully both of them going, uh, you know, a little bit better than they have been so far this season. But, you know, for the most part this season, the defense pairings have really been untouched. You know, when everybody's been healthy, it's been Fox and Lindgren, it's been Miller Truba, and it's been either Jones or Hayek uh, with Brian Schneider on the third pairing. So, you know, the fact that they finally shuffled the deck here, it's not too surprising for all the reasons that I just mentioned as it pertains to uh, Miller and Truba, but I was surprised they did it in this fashion. I figured that when the Rangers eventually made some changes as far as defense partners, I figured that probably what would happen is Miller would move up to the top pairing with Fox and Linger would drop down to the second pairing with Truba. I didn't think that Gallant would take either Miller or Truba out of the top four, but that's exactly what he did. And again, it depends on what your viewpoint is as far as which was the second pairing and which was the third pairing. And in my mind, because Braden Schneider has mostly played well, and because, you know, Jones and Hayek mix results for both those guys, to me, it kind of feels like Miller and Schneider was the second pairing because Schneider would be the one that uh, has kind of earned his uh, his promotion in the lineup. He's earned the, the right to move up. So, again, it's all a matter of, of how you look at it. But obviously, you know, something else going on with Truba as far as his play this season, um, you know, it's been very uneven, and obviously some Ranger fans have been critical of the Ranger captain. Uh, he is dealing with some quote-unquote, nagging injuries, and Gerard Gallant made some interesting comments about that before this game, and I got them in my phone here, so I want to just go ahead and read those to you guys now and then just kind of share my thoughts on it. So this is what he had to say uh, about Truba being banged up. It affects you for sure when you've got some injuries, you can't do certain things. Uh, And then uh, there was a follow-up question asked about, you know, if Gallant had um, considered giving Truba, you know, a day off, two days off, two games off, whatever it might be. And uh, this is what Gallant had to say as far as that potential uh, strategy. He says, no, he takes some practice days off. He wouldn't allow that. Trust me. And there were a certain amount of Ranger fans who kind of jumped on this. And I'll admit, when I first read it, you know, my eyebrows kind of went up a little bit too because I think certain fans interpreted this as like Gallant has no say as far as whether Truba plays or not. And at first, it does kind of read that way, right? But when you look at it a little bit deeper and you look at what's probably really going on here, I think this is Gallant's way of just kind of putting over his captain and putting over the toughness of his captain. Like, you know, Truba's just one of those guys that's not going to come out of the lineup. It's fairly common around the NHL. There's a lot of players that, you know, they don't want to leave the lineup even if they do have an injury. And you got to sometimes drag them off the ice kicking and screaming. I think that's the case here. I don't think this is a case of Gallant admitting that, well, I want to take him out, but he says no, so I guess I can't. I don't think it's that at all. Again, it was worded where you could kind of read it that way. But again, I think if you think about this a little bit deeper, it's probably just a case of this is Gallant's way of, you know, kind of, uh, again, giving credit to his captain for playing through some pain. Uh, He probably is aware of the fact that Truba hasn't played all that great to start this season. You know, Gallant doesn't really strike me as a big social media guy, but obviously there's some Ranger fans that are not happy with Truba. This is his way of kind of going to bat for his captain, as opposed to saying, I don't have any control of who plays and who doesn't play. That's at least my take on uh, this entire situation. As far as, you know, how these uh, changes affected time on the ice, it was pretty interesting because I thought there was a more even distribution of minutes among the six Ranger defensemen than we've seen just about all season. 
The most minutes went to Adam Fox. Surprise, surprise. He was out there for 23-51. But this is after he played about 30 minutes against the Devils uh, in the most recent game. So he led the way once again with 23-51. And then the fewest amount of uh, minutes, time on the ice for defensemen, was Zach Jones, who had 14-18. So less of a uh, discrepancy from the top guy to the guy that got the least amount of ice time than usual as far as the Ranger defensemen are concerned. Uh, if you want to just kind of run through it real quick here, Keandre Miller uh, was second behind Fox. He had 21-40. Then Ryan Lindgren at 20-41. Then you got Truba at 18-30. Schneider at 17-46. So Truba was still in the top four, at least in terms of uh, time on the ice. You know, Truba, Fox, Lindgren, and Miller all played quite a bit on the penalty kill. Schneider and Jones did not play at all on the PK. But it is interesting to see that, you know, Truba and Schneider were, were pretty close. You know, Schneider only had about, doing some quick math, 44 fewer seconds on the ice than Truba. Uh, again, that might be part of Truba playing through these injuries and Gallant trying to limit his ice time a little bit, as well as, you know, go with uh, Braden Schneider, giving him a few more minutes. Schneider overall this season uh, has played fairly well. Had a hiccup uh, or two against the Devils, but for the most part, I, I think for a young defenseman, you like what you're getting out of the uh, out of Braden Schneider if you're the New York Rangers. So, as far as you know, how Truba fared in this game, made a heck of a play uh, when the puck got behind Yaroslav Halak. This was in the second period. Uh, Halak was great on this night, and again, we're going to talk about uh, his performance and some of his greatest hits. But this one puck, the shot got behind Halak. It's like about to trickle into the net. It's so close. A couple of the centers actually put their arms up in the air thinking that it was in. But Truba got there just in the nick of time and cleared the puck out of harm's way. It does not get any closer than this. Uh, there were some camera angles where it looked like the puck had actually crossed the line, com completely crossed the line. There were some other camera angles where it looked like it did not. Uh, there was no review. There was no challenge by the senators. And so... You know, obviously the, the call on the ice of no goal stood, but a big play by Truba there, uh, getting the puck out of harm's way. And then there was a weird play late in this game in the third period where, you know, there's a shot on net, the puck, the save is made, the puck shoots up into the air. Nobody has a clue where it is on the Rangers. And, and there's kind of a scramble. Some of the players on the centers seem to uh, be able to locate it. And Truba's trying to find it, and he actually kind of pushes Yaroslav Halak a little bit. He kind of pushed him over. I think Truba thought that the puck was under Halak and he was going to clear it out of there just like he did earlier in the game, uh, but it obviously wasn't, and the Senators took a shot. The shot hits Truba in the hip and stays out of the net. So uh, some bad luck by the Rangers in terms of just a really strange play, you know, the puck bouncing into the air and nobody knowing where it was, but also some good luck where, you know, the puck just hit Truba and stayed out of the net. But at least Truba was there and uh, trying to do everything he could to defend on that play. So... Yeah, interesting to see the Rangers, uh, you know, mix things up a little bit as far as the defensemen are concerned. We'll see if they uh, go with that strategy in the future. But we got a whole heck of a lot else to talk about in this game. I want to talk about a couple of other uh, lineup moves, notably Kravtsov being back in the lineup. Also want to get to Yaroslav Halak's big night and his first win as a member of the New York Rangers. And we're going to do all that good stuff in just a second. But first, just want to let everybody know today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by BetOnline.net. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get all the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league. From football to basketball to hockey to soccer and esports, we've got it all at betonline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. We're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts.
All right, we just want to thank you guys, as always, for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. Definitely make sure to subscribe there because uh, Locked On Rangers is closing in on 1,000. And my understanding is that once that happens, it, you know, good luck trying to figure out the YouTube algorithm. But my understanding is it comes up a little bit more often, like in searches for, you know, the New York Rangers or podcasts or whatever it might be. So uh, if you guys could do me a huge favor and subscribe, uh, that would be awesome because we're getting pretty close to the big 1,000 mark. Um, but yeah, as far as getting back to this game here, a couple other lineup notes. You've got uh, Krasov finally back into the lineup. It was definitely time to do this. I understand he has not exactly set the world on fire when we've seen him play with the New York Rangers this year as well as two years ago. But call me crazy, I do think Krasov has just a little bit more upside and a little bit more potential than somebody like Ryan Carpenter. It's nothing against Carpenter either. Um, you know, he's a typical fourth-line center, you know, depth kind of player. He does okay out there. But as far as... Uh, you know, potential is concerned. Kravtsov's clearly got him beat, and I think it was time to make this move and make it happen. Uh, the only other downside here is that it results, you know, if Carpenter comes out of the lineup and Kravtsov goes in, then it means Gaudreau is pretty much locked into that fourth-line center role. Uh, there's not really any flexibility as far as where you can put Gaudreau, and I think the Rangers like to be able to move Gaudreau up and down and all around the lineup. Um, so you lose some of that flexibility there, but regardless, it was still time to get Kravtsov uh, back into this lineup and give him a chance. He was out there on the third line with Lafreniere and Trocek. He had Heedle up there with Panarin and Kako. Uh, Kravtsov in this game, he took a penalty, but he also had a big hit in the corner when he got out of the penalty box. He also, there was a play where there was a faceoff in the neutral zone. He forced a turnover and uh, sent the Rangers on their way to having a, a decent offensive zone possession after that as well. Uh, he did fine. You'd like to see him uh, eventually contribute as far as uh, scoring, but you know we'll, we'll cross our fingers that that's eventually... Uh, going to be on the way for Kravtsov. The other uh, notable thing here is that Zach Jones was in the lineup over Hayek. Uh, Jones, I thought, had a couple of hiccups in this game. The goal by Pinto, there was a situation where he overcommitted and basically just kind of took himself out of the play when he was trying to defend against Batherson. What happened was uh, the puck was right at the Ranger blue line, and Jones you know, kind of went toward Batherson and went toward the blue line and went toward the boards there, you know, right along the bench. And in so doing, once again, he kind of took himself out of the play. Batherson then just made a pretty simple pass to his left to Pinto. Pinto zips into the zone and goes right to the net and shoots and scores uh, the only goal that Yaroslav Halak permitted on this night. And then there was a play later in this game where, you know, it's Jones and Truba. They're on the ice together. And Jones was just kind of all over the place. You know, the centers were coming into the zone and he's just kind of flailing, and again, just kind of taking himself out of the play, and it leads to uh, basically a two-on-one, uh, an abbreviated two-on-one. You've got a cross-ice pass to the left, and Yaroslav Halak slides to his right to make an excellent uh, pad save there. I would say his most important, one of his most uh, impressive saves of the night, a clutch save. The Rangers were up 2-1 to one when this happened, and they had been up 2 nothing. So if the Senators score here, and it goes to 2-2, two to two, and the Rangers have once again blown a two-goal lead, I mean, hey, they could still win the game. Maybe they would have, but I, I don't think the vibes would have been very good among uh, all of us Ranger fans. So, uh, yeah, mixed results for Jones. I wouldn't be stunned to see Hayek back out there. Um, you know, we'll see. We'll see. It's also possible at a certain point that the Rangers make a move. If they don't like what they're getting from Jones and or Hayek, that somebody else gets a chance, whether that's uh, Matthew Robertson, a prospect, or, you know, a journeyman like Ben Harper. Uh, we'll see. Or if the Rangers maybe even make a trade here. Probably a little bit premature to be talking about that. I'd still like to see Jones, you know, get his chances. But, yeah, not his best night here. I would certainly argue that. 
Uh, somebody, though, that it was his best night was Yaroslav Halak. He was outstanding in this game. Uh, stopped 34 of 35 shots. You know, we did that pregame crossover uh, with Ross and Brandon from Locked On Centers, and I made a comment, you know, talking to them because they had asked me about Halak and Igor and just the whole Ranger goalie situation. I made a comment that you almost couldn't go back to Yaroslav Halak right now because, you know, he's 0-6 to begin with, or I guess 0-5-1, but, you know, the Rangers are struggling, and they're on a losing streak, and they're trying to get out of that losing streak, and uh, points are precious right now, and, you know, you got to go with Igor to put your best foot forward and try to win these games, but, you know, Gallant kind of rolled the dice a little bit, went with uh, Halak, and obviously it, it paid off very nicely, and he did so on the heels of what was probably Igor Shosturkin's uh, worst game of the season against the Devils. Uh, you know, they lose that game 5-3. to three. Igor gives up four goals, a couple of the soft varieties. So he goes to Halak, and again, it was something of a roll of the dice, but Halak responded, and uh, very, very nice to see him uh, perform the way that he did. Um, you know, we already talked about the one save, the sliding save to his right. There were a couple of other really nice saves in this game as well. And uh, listen, there, there might be some fans out there that are not completely sold on Yaroslav Halak yet. They're, I mean, I can almost, like, feel certain... <laughs> whether it's listeners of this show or, or just fans on Twitter, there's probably people that are kind of rolling their eyes right now and, oh, congratulations, you won a game. It only took you seven tries. I get it. Uh, I still would maintain, though, Yaroslav's, Yaroslav Halak's play is not nearly as bad as his numbers would suggest. It's not nearly as bad as his record would suggest. Uh, the two really bad games that he had were against the Blue Jackets and against the Ducks, which, I mean, you, you can sit, you can f- tell where people would be frustrated there because those are two pretty bad teams. Um, but... Nice to see him get the win here. And however you feel about Yaroslav Halak, I, I think you can feel good for him here. That's got to be tough. You know, he went about a quarter of the season still looking for his first win. Uh, you know, as the backup goalie, you're only going to play so often. You're only going to have so many opportunities. And Yaroslav Halak, I mean, it's not like the Rangers carried him to a win here. He made a lot of really nice saves in this game. And once again, only permitted the one goal on 35 shots. So props to Yaroslav Halak for, for sticking with it here. And uh, here's keeping our fingers crossed that he can turn his season around as well. And the Rangers, we're probably going to see Yaroslav Halak uh, not too long after this because, you know, this game against the Senators here, it was the first of four games that the Rangers are going to play in a six-game stretch. And so obviously Halak played in this one. You've got Friday, the Rangers are home against the Senators. Uh, Saturday, home against the Blackhawks, and then Monday, home against the Blues. So given the fact that there's a back-to-back on Friday and Saturday, I would imagine we probably see Halak in one of those. I would think you probably go back to Igor on Friday for the home game against the Senators, and then you go Halak on the second game of the back-to-back at home against the Blackhawks, and then Igor on uh, Monday against the Blues, and we'll just kind of take it from there at that point. The Rangers go back on the road after that. Uh, The other thing you could do here, though, you know, given that Yaroslav Halak just had a really impressive performance against the Senators, I mean, you could just go right back to him and, and say, well, I mean, he, he did well. He's got their number. He can go back out there and beat him again. And we can give Igor, you know, a little bit more of a mental break here um, after that rough performance against the Devils. I personally don't like the idea of sitting down Igor two straight games. I just don't think there's a real reason to do that. But you could at least make the case that given how Halak just played against the centers, well, hey, let's throw him back. He's going to play one of the two games anyway, Friday or Saturday. So throw him back out there and see if he can do the same thing uh, against the same centers team on Friday. You could at least uh, make that case. So we're going to keep everything rolling in just a second here. I want to uh, talk a little bit more about uh, Ryan Lindgren, his big night, how much he means to this New York Ranger team. Uh, also going to have to give some props to uh, Sam Rosen for gutting it out here, uh, playing through uh, 
I don't know if you can't really call it an injury, but playing through uh, an illness, maybe. I, I bet there's other announcers around this league and certainly in sports that uh, may not have been in the booth. Uh, he, he was fighting something. Obviously, uh, his voice was not at 100% there, but uh, Sam's just the best. I and mean, what else can you say about the guy? But uh, yeah, we're going to get into all that good stuff in just a second. Okay, so Ryan Lindgren, the heart and soul of the New York Rangers. I tweeted that out after this game ended last night. A couple of you guys chimed in as well. Uh, his importance to this team just cannot be understated. I've already kind of cited the playoff series against the Penguins last year and what a difference uh, he made when he was on the ice versus what was happening when he was not on the ice. Uh, the game against, uh, was it the Devils, where, where he came out of the lineup and, uh, you know, obviously he, uh, you know, once he left the game, everything kind of fell apart. Uh, we've seen a couple different examples of that uh, when Lindgren has not been able to finish a game and the Rangers just kind of melt down defensively. And it's funny because, you know, I was talking about the crossover episode once again that we did with Locked On Senators, you know, the preview episode. And I said that Ryan Lindgren, along with Philip Heal, was one of my players to watch for this game. And, uh, you know, a couple of uh, you guys on Twitter and a couple of, uh, you know, the Senators guys themselves, they were kind of joking around that, you know, I called that. And I said, listen, I, I had a feeling Ryan Lindgren would play a big role in this game and it would be his kind of game because the Rangers and Senators always seem to play these kind of low-scoring, kind of knockdown, drag-out kind of games. It can turn into a little bit of a slog at times, and Ryan Lindgren's right at home in that kind of an environment. But never for a second did I think that Ryan Lindgren was going to end up with three assists, all of them primary assists, on all three New York Rangers goals. Uh, you just cannot say enough about the job that he does for this team. And while I'm talking about the crossover episode, though, I do have to give some props to Brandon from Locked On Sanders because— you know, he called uh, Shane Pinto as one of his players to watch, and Pinto looked good. Uh, he scored the only goal uh, that the Senators had, came pretty close to scoring a uh, second goal as well. But as for Ryan Lindgren, I mean, he's out there for 2041 in this game. Uh, that includes two minutes and 49 seconds of time on the penalty kill. The Rangers killed off all three of Ottawa's power play opportunities, and believe it or not, the Senators have a pretty good power play. They came into this one ranked number nine. So big-time work by Lindgren and the PK unit. And then, of course, you know, Lindgren has the uh, three primary assists, and just plays his typical brand of hard-nosed hockey. Uh, surprisingly, Lindgren did not register a hit in this game, uh, but he was a plus three. He had one shot on goal, blocked three shots, including a rather painful one. Uh, there was a situation in this game where the Rangers, in the second period, they were on the penalty kill, and you've got a slap shot that hits Ryan Lindgren, you know, right in the leg, and he's trying to gut his way through it because, I mean, he can't go to the bench. First of all, it's the second period, so it's the long change. Even if he could hopple over to the bench, it's going to take him way too long. I mean, you basically just cannot leave the ice in this spot or you know, your team is going to be down five on three. So he's hanging in there. He's basically just kind of limping around the ice and dragging himself around the ice. Rangers eventually got the puck into the neutral zone, and he was able to uh, you know, get to the bench there and get off for a change. And then he came back not too long after that. I don't even think he missed a shift, but... You know, it's crazy. This, this guy's uh, about as blue-collar, hard-nosed of a player as there is in this league. And something else that I've noticed, you know, when Ryan Lindgren blocks a shot, he blocks a shot. Like, it's never like a glancing blow or, like, off of his skate blade or something like that, a situation where, you know, it may not hurt that much or, you know, off of a pad somewhere. It's always, like, off of his face or off of his shin or, uh, like, off of his knee. Like, it always hits him in one of the most painful places and it always hits him just 100% square. It's never a glancing blow and, you know, the puck deflects into the corner. It always hits him just square on. And uh, I think you got to give him a lot of credit for continuing to do that, continuing to sacrifice his body like that and uh, square up these shots and read these shots and get right in the way and uh, let it just ping right off of him, basically. So, 
you know, we already mentioned uh, Lindgren's three assists, so I figure that can lead us pretty nicely into uh, breaking down the three Ranger goals that were scored in this game. So the first one, midway through the first period, you got Jimmy Vesey. Uh, he scores his third goal of the season. Uh, Lindgren is actually behind the net on the forecheck. He pokes it free uh, up the corner. And then VZ, he had been back. You know, he was kind of covering for, for Lindgren, I would imagine. And he pinches into the corner to try to poke it ahead to Mika Zibanejad. Now, by this point, Lindgren has gone back to the blue line. You know, he's back at his post there. The centers try to clear the puck out of the zone, but Lindgren knocks it down, just puts the puck at the net, save is made, but VZ's there in front, and he buries the rebound, makes it one to nothing Rangers. And as a quick aside here, here here's the thing about Jimmy VZ. So I like that he's on the Rangers. I like that he came back. I liked him when he was here. He's a solid depth player. I, I think with most Ranger fans, like, I don't think there's too many Ranger fans that look at VZ right now and how he's played this season and say, man, this guy stinks and what's he doing in the lineup. I don't see too many people calling for Jimmy VZ to be a healthy scratch. Uh, that's at least, you know, in my travels on Twitter. Um, I, I think the issue that most Ranger fans had, and it's an issue that I've had as well, is that Jimmy VZ is not a top line player. And yet they keep putting him out there on the top line with Kreider and Mika. That said, I think he had a really nice game for himself. I thought the Mika Kreider VZ line uh, played very well, very consistently, played very hard for this entire game. With VZ, you know, it's a situation we'll continue to keep track of, but that's the one thing that I think gets under the skin of Ranger fans is that it almost feels like VZ has become a permanent fixture on the top line, and they're just not going to move him out of there. But, you know, for VZ, for what he is, a guy that, you know, made the team on a PTO, is making the league minimum. Uh, he's done just fine this year. In fact, he's done very well, uh, considering, once again, that he's somebody who was kind of an afterthought in the preseason, makes the team, and is making the league minimum. Uh, you could do a heck of a lot worse for somebody who makes the league minimum than Jimmy Vesey. It's just that on the top line, just a little bit out of place. Kind of like Dryden Hunt, a little bit out of place last year on the Panarin line. Uh, getting back to the goals here, though, the second goal, Barclay Goodrow gets his sixth. Uh, you have just an awesome shift by the fourth line of Blay, Gautier, and Goudreau himself. Uh, Micheletti mentioned, and I think he mentioned this during the play, this wasn't even after the goal, uh, that he thought this was the Rangers' best shift of the second period. You'll get no arguments from me. Uh, they did a great job just kind of, you know, keeping the puck in the offensive zone, fighting hard to maintain possession, not letting the Senators clear it. And then finally they break through and they score here. You got Sammy Blay. Uh, he's in the corner. He's kind of circling with the puck. He passes to Gautier in the right circle. Uh, Gautier immediately passes right back to Blay. Blay, by this point, is along the boards, and he passes across the ice to Ryan Lindgren at the blue line. Lindgren takes a shot from the blue line, and Barclay Goodrow deflects it home. Uh, Goodrow, again, really kind of stepping up for the Rangers recently, scoring goals at a higher clip than you might expect. We've talked about the need for some secondary scoring. And what was awesome about this play is that Goudreau, he really had to fight for this man. You know, he was trying to get to the net and facing a lot of resistance from the center defenseman. And Goudreau basically, like, was almost, like, on the center defenseman's back and, like, reached up and over him. And in that fashion, he was able to get his stick down to the ice, deflect this puck into the net, and uh, give the Rangers a 2 to nothing lead. And the one thing I'll say is it's not as much fun this year watching the Rangers play with a lead as in, you know, certainly last year because we've seen them, you know, give up a lot of leads. And, of course, the Senators, uh, you know, they, they cut the Ranger lead to 2-1 to one in this game. Uh, but obviously the Rangers were able to uh, hold them off and, and eventually get the 3-1 to one win here. And I figure we might as well also go ahead and break down the third goal. You've got a deflection goal by Chris Kreider. We need more of those, that is for sure. Uh, but you've got Jimmy Vesey. Uh, he's along the right side, along the boards. He plays it around behind the net, along the boards. Uh, Mika Zibanejad gets it. He plays it up the boards on the other side to Ryan Lindgren. You've got Ryan Lindgren moving up. 
once again, just kind of throws the puck at the net. He sees Chris Kreider is in front there, and Kreider tips it home, makes the score 3-1. to one. And, you know, Kreider, he had some chances in this game. Uh, there was a power play not too long before this where Mika passed in deep to Kreider, and Kreider, you know, when he's at his absolute best, he's certainly going to deflect this puck into the net, just missed the tipping goal. He was a little bit frustrated with himself. And I wrote into my notes when that happened that the Rangers need to start setting up Kreider for some more tip-in tries, uh, especially on the power play. But I also wrote that Kreider needs to start converting on a higher percentage of them. You know, there have been a couple times this season where, you know, Kreider has missed a, a deflection goal or a tipping goal or hasn't buried uh, a puck that's loose in the crease. Situations where we got very, very accustomed to seeing Chris Kreider score uh, last season. So, uh, yeah, hopefully they start setting up for some more of those tipping goals, and hopefully Kreider starts converting on more of them as well. But obviously he converted on this one, gave the Rangers uh, a much-needed cushion there. They're up 3-1. to one. It's a big goal because, again, I'm not comfortable with any Ranger lead right now. I mean, just given what we've seen this season, that's where I'm at, and that's probably where I'm going to be uh, for quite some time, unless the Rangers really, really start to turn things around and get a lot better at uh, playing with a lead. Because, you know, even in the final two minutes, minute 30, minute of this game, you know, Senders got a power play there at the end. Uh, they had a six-on-four advantage for a little while. I was nervous, like a lot more nervous than I would have been in this situation last year. And I was at the point where, even though it was 3-1 to one Rangers, I was like saying to myself, like, man, the Senators cannot score here because if they score a goal with like a minute left, 45 seconds left, even 30 seconds left, I am going to be a wreck watching the final few seconds of this game, the final uh, couple shifts of this game because we've seen the Rangers. Uh, you guys don't need me to tell you. We know how it's gone a couple of times this year when the Rangers have had a lead. So I was very, very happy that uh, the Rangers maintained that two-goal lead right to the end of the game. I don't think I relaxed until uh, that play stoppage with like 1.7 seconds left. At that point, uh, you knew that they had it. But yeah, again, I think the theme here is that the Rangers, did they play their absolute best? Did they have their A-plus game on this uh, night in Ottawa? I would say no. But the big thing for me is they worked for it. Uh, you had uh, good penalty killing. You got some secondary scoring, which is something that we said we really needed. And you got a big-time performance from Yaroslav Halak, which was mu very much needed, excuse me. Um, and then, you know, just to kind of wrap up here, I got to give some props to Sam Rosen. You know, again, he uh, he really kind of gutted this one out. Uh, his voice was clearly not at 100%, but hung really tough and gave us some great calls like he always does. So uh, hopefully Sam's getting a chance to rest up today because, I mean, hey, the, the players are— They've got four games in six days. Sam's got four games in six days, too. So uh, we need Sam to have his A game for sure. But he, he's the best. I mean, what else can you say about Sam Rosen? Uh, and then just a couple other uh, quick notes that I wanted to cover here uh, before we uh, finally call it a day here is that Vincent Trocek must hit more posts than anybody in hockey. There was a sequence in this game where the Rangers had a two-on-one. This is uh, getting pretty late in the third period. And you've got uh, Trocek, who rings a shot off the post— and then a penalty was called. Rangers go on the power play. And then Trocek hits another post on the power play. And then Panarin hits a post on the power play. So three posts in the span of about a minute. And uh, I don't know. It just feels like Trocek's getting unlucky with those posts. And another note is that Philip Heedle uh, went 0 for 12 on the faceoff circle. We know that's not his strength. But obviously, we hope that he can do a little bit better than that uh, going forward. We shall see. Uh, but that will do it for today, guys. Once again, if you'd like to get in touch with this podcast, please send an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. 
Once again, that is locked on nyrangers at gmail.com. And definitely give us a follow on Twitter as well at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Once again, that is at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. And definitely subscribe to the Locked On New York Rangers YouTube channel. We're trying hard to get to a thousand subscribers. That would really help me out and I would really appreciate it. Thank you guys so much in advance for those of you who have already subscribed and for those of you who uh, may still do so. And uh, yeah, that'll pretty much do it for today, guys. Thanks again. I'll see you next time. Thanks for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast, the biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day. Available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts.